It's Friday night, everybody. You know what that means. It's Friday night. Let's have some fun. Let's get together and play a ton. Hi, I'm Matt. And I'm John. And we're... Friday night. Games Night Friday! We are two board game enthusiasts who want to immerse you into our love of the hobby. In today's episode, we are going to go over a couple games released this year that have made the games that came before them a little bit more appealing, and then we'll talk about a few of our uh, favorite streamlined games. Whoa, 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 whoa. What does streamline mean? Uh, Streamlining is when you take something and simplify it to make it more efficient or profitable. That's it? Yeah, so... Like it's easier to play or like... Easier plays or learn. With those parameters set, we'll live in that bubble right there. Let's get into a couple... Whoa, whoa, I want to go back. Wait, come on. I don't want to go in any bubbles. (laughs) Hold on, hold on, hold on. What do you mean it's more profitable? You mean it's like... Like, how does it become more profitable? Well, this is the Wikipedia definition... (laughs) Okay, I stole, that, I stole this from the internet. So, so well, let's, let's, let's go into this better. So when you take something and simplify it, make it more efficient, more profitable. So if you, if, you, if you look in the world of board games, if you're taking something and a game and streamlining it, so we'll take you know an example of a game we're going to talk about anyway. So like Gloomhaven, mm-hmm. this giant, giant of a game that you know I'm scared to even look at it. And then you know this year they released um, a smaller version of the game, Jaws of the Lion, right? So doubt Jaws of the Lion is ever going to outsell the original Gloomhaven game, but you're now introducing Gloomhaven to a group of people who may not have gotten into the game because of the fact that that game was so big and so heavy. So so what you're trying to tell me is that the one game is very complicated, so they, they... made things easier to get into or something and because right. of that they're going to sell more to the non-gamers which equals profit right bling bling <laughs> so when we live in that bubble um, of that definition um, let's let's dive into it so as i mentioned before gloomhaven jaws of Lion came out this year why is it that you think we haven't played gloomhaven as a friday night games game group because i know i know it's been talked about uh, okay so you know there's interest yeah there is um i i almost bought gloom so there's a couple things right <laughs> so i almost bought gloomhaven to play solo right because i know that as a group it will never get through it we never even got through uh campaigns one and two of my dungeons and drag I, I i used to be the dungeon master for <laughs> our campaigns we never got through like three scenarios of like 50 scenarios how are we going to get through 30 different chapters of the regular gloomhaven it's never going to happen right unless we played it i mean if we did play it every week which we don't we're not set up for that anymore right we play a lot of different games to um for this podcast really for right. our own knowledge in this podcast but it's like, so I don't, so that's one, I don't have time. Two, it's very expensive, right? It's, mm-hmm. it's uh, $200 Canadian. Um, and even if you like, oh, I'm going to order from 401 games, so it's still $150 with our taxes, probably like 180, yeah. right? Million dollars because it's Canadian. <laughs> <clears throat> so you have to like factor that. It's expensive. Um, and then it's complicated right it's not just like an easy read it's not like i can just open up the instruction manual and you know 30 minutes later i'm going to be able to play no it's like 
hey, I have to sit here and read something similar to a Dungeons and Dragons manual, which if you've ever seen is a textbook. <laughs> <laughs> like think of your math textbook in university yeah. or you ever college. go to the bookstore, uh, they've got some uh, a whole shelf dedicated to Dungeons and Dragons and Pathfinder. They do, but it's it, the core rule book is huge. Right. Right. So you know, I'm not gonna you're not gonna sit down and like, okay, everybody, <clears throat> page one of one thousand. <laughs> Here's how you create a character. You know yeah. what I mean? Like that's not gonna happen. All right, Matt. So what do you think makes Gloomhaven so appealing to a mass audience, in your opinion? Ooh, uh, I think it's because a lot of people like Dungeons and Dragons. Okay. Um, so let's just note uh, that it's ranked number one on BGG. And it's that is true. It's been that for uh, several, I want to say maybe years. Yeah, year and as a half, far as I'm maybe. aware of, yeah. Yeah, as far as... Far back as we've been mining the hot data, it's been one or two at least. I think I think people like Dungeons and Dragons, and Gloomhaven gives you that Dungeons and Dragons dungeon experience very easily. I, I'm just gonna say this right away. I haven't played the game um, for the daunting reasons I said earlier, but I know enough. I know a little bit about it. So the whole idea behind it's a huge RPG legacy game. So if you're into RPGs and you don't want to spend your time doing Dungeons and Dragons then you're probably going to do this. And this actually might lead into Dungeons and Dragons. That's why I thought why people love the game. Yeah, I think like, you know, the people that love Gloomhaven, it's just something that their core group does. And that's just, you know, they start from this first scenario and they work their way through to the last one. You know, it's kind of like a, uh, in my eyes, maybe like a feat or something, you know. Well, it's like, like a leg. it's definitely a legacy. yeah. So I feel like it's like, you know, climbing that Mount Everest of board games or something, you know, like because it's number one on Board Game Geek and it's kind of like, you know, maybe the, I don't know if this is the right word wording for it, but the quote unquote holy grail of games, right? It's like, oh yeah, I, I beat that. I did that. That was the thing I did. Right. And um, <clears throat> yeah. And you know, the same thing how you're saying, like we just don't have the time to play it. And I wish we did because I, I would really like to get into it. Well, it reminds me of, uh, we have a mutual friend on Facebook from our childhood. Right. And he was saying he was playing through, he, he plans to play through it with his friends, but they plan to play through it over like a year. So how do you think Jaws of the Lion differs from the base game? Do you have any clue? I know you uh, haven't played oh, it. Oh, this is kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't played either game. Yeah. So... Put okay, Matt, put well, Matt on the spot here. Well, so. hold on. So, okay, this is all about being streamlined. Right. So I'm assuming character creation is probably easier. Uh, yep. Okay, I'm assuming setup is really easy. Uh, it's easier. I w- Still a well, lot. Yeah, I'm going... How long did it take you to set up? I'm going through... I've never played the game before, so I'm going into it brand new. Okay, okay right, hold so, on. But you played it, you played it at least... You played at least uh, seven seven of these rounds, right, of the right, game. I know you haven't had time to get through all of them, but okay. So, how long did it take you the first time? Well, let me let me let me maybe walk you through my opening the box, okay, a little bit. So when you when you open Jaws of the Lion, there's um, a couple pages on the top that really tell you like what the components are for, how to organize them, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like punch these guys out, put them in this spot. Punch these guys out, put them in this spot. Um, and it, the whole beginning of the setup was long. Cause there's a ton, there's like, I forget how many like boards you have to punch out. Like just the initial setup of, of organizing everything, um, took a long time. So 
but really like the the scenarios depending i think the first scenario took about maybe an hour to get through but i was going slow like i was like everything i did i was making sure i was following the rules properly that that's what's really cool about it because um there's 25 scenarios in the box the first five walk you through the rules so this is what you need to know to get through this first scenario build upon it on the second build on the third blah blah blah. and then after the fifth you've got all the rules you need to know for the game i think that's a new part of it where they kind of streamline the rules that way to make it easier to get into the game i know that there is like an initiative token um so when you're starting your scenario scenario i think you roll to you know roll for initiative and then that's the turn order for for the game whether it be the monsters go first or the characters you have chosen i guess there is in the original game there's like a travel event that um i guess gets destroyed in the game and then jaws of the lion there's a city deck that's used but that doesn't get destroyed so yeah that's those are those are some of the the the, the differences um that i that i've read about you know trying to compare the the two games together so you know for me to come in to gloomhaven blind it really took that initial uh i don't want to say fear or maybe like the initial hesitation of, of trying out gloomhaven so you think like now that you tried out jaws of lion you could go play the like the 100 okay yeah so i think that was pretty cool and i really enjoyed myself and I, i've been playing it solo right so um I've, i'm able to take my time with it and not worry about you know anyone else's time the groups yeah time schedule right so Hold on. So, okay. So back to my original question. Right. When you, it takes you how long? So it took you, the your first time took you a long time. It took me a long time so to we'll set up hour, and get into we'll it. Hour, an hour, I think. Yeah. Okay. So what about when you play like your fifth game? Um, it depends on like how much space I put in between uh, playing the scenarios. So I you know when I played the last time, it was I, I probably a month between the last scenario. So I kind of like had to reread the rules again, mm-hmm. but the setup's pretty easy. So um, the maps are, are in a book. And that's your map, your map for the game, for the scenario. So you got like, you know, a page and a half and there's some like additional maps you can add onto it later on in the game. Um, but you set up the mo- the uh, monsters that you're fighting based on how many players are playing and um, go from there. Like it's, it's pretty easy to set up, probably maybe 10 minutes to get everything set 10 up. 10 minutes. Oh, that's pretty, that's pretty yeah, fast. And you can really just get into it. You're saying it took you a while because with the month between you had to like figure you had to remember what you're doing so you had to right. rejog your memory so it right. probably took like an hour yeah just right i'm just reading through everything again gotcha. and making sure that i didn't screw up the rules oh yeah a couple scenarios good. back that's gonna mess up my future gameplay right gotcha because so, yeah I, you have to choose um when you're playing solo you have to choose two characters and the characters all do drastically different things that you're all going to need at some point in the game so it's like trying to juggle who's going to do what right so but yeah that's my gloom of it and it's cheaper <laughs> i think that she is it like only like 50 dollars only like 50 bucks yeah which so. is pretty awesome considering like i mean the real gloomhaven is like i said i think that's like 150 minimum and i've i've seen it at our local board game store for like 200 bucks so Oh, by the way, how did you get the copy of Jaws of the Lion? Okay, so uh, I got the copy from uh, Solon Wong from our 
local game store tabletop renaissance here in windsor ontario so um, if you're ever in the area please check out tabletop renaissance down on the uh, the west end side of the city on uh, wyandotte street be awesome um, he, he gave us a game to to play it and promote a store. He can promote our podcasts and social medias and stuff like that. So it's been pretty cool. So I appreciate it, Solon, uh, for give, giving us the game to play. I'm really enjoying it and uh, hope to pass it down to Matt someday. <laughs> Matt will ever get time to play it. I have a hard time uh, playing it because I've got kids, right? So I got um, through like 12 hours of Maracaibo the other day. So Good for you. Yeah, I know. <laughs> See, you blast no, through this game. No kids. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, that's Gloomhaven, Jaws of the Lion. Uh, you know, I think it's a really cool thing that they did that, you know, to ease, ease people that normally probably wouldn't get the game, the actual Gloomhaven game, ease them into the game, uh, to the, to the, the lore of the, the Gloomhaven. So check it out if you get a chance. All right. So Matt, what, what was the game we were recently gifted to play? and feature on our channels and podcasts and stuff so so big shout out to uh ravensburger for supplying us with a review copy of the castles of tuscany right by Aaliyah games you're the expert in our group of burgundy castles of burgundy yeah (laughs) let's talk about castles of burgundy before we get into tuscany a little bit and maybe kind of set up what the game is about so we can discuss the differences um all right so so Castles in Burgundy by Aaliyah Games and distributed by Ravensburger in North America is simply a dice game and then tile drafting, tile placement game. Okay. And you're essentially getting points by completing areas of the same color or adding tiles to all the colors on your map. Okay. Now... It is it is a Euro game, so you know the theme doesn't really matter. But the theme in this case is creating a, a, a duchy, which is a castle with you know existing lands around it. Awesome. And you might have farms, you might have special tiles, you might have uh, water tiles, which are like trade routes. Um, it's, I don't want to get too into it. You can look it up. It's actually a very complex game. In mm-hmm. fact, all the yellow tiles have something different, and you literally have to have the rule book <laughs> next to you to figure it out. But anyways, the whole point is that you're you're drafting tiles, and on your turn you have two dice. You roll the dice, and that symbolizes the two actions you could take. And then, so when you draft, you can only draft around a board that have match your dice. And when you place a tile, so that goes into your what I call the keys section on your board. Yeah. And then you have to use a dice to move those onto your uh, board, which also must have a matching uh, dice roll. And then the high score wins at the end of 25 rounds. There's five phases and 25 <laughs> rounds. And the phases give you, if you complete a color earlier, you get more points, basically. Cool. Um, so, so was that easy to know? Was that super easy to understand? Yes. You can't see us winking. Wink. <laughs> wink, wink. All right, so thanks for giving us the recap of Burgundy, Matt. So can, if you remember, and we played it a bunch of times, so it should be good, but... Uh, can you rock me through um, Castle of Tuscany a little bit? Yes, yes, I can. So <laughs> Castles of Tuscany by Alea Games and also distributed by Ravensburger in North America is essentially Castles of Burgundy. <laughs> Done. There you go. Is that good? <laughs> <laughs> no, okay. So we're not going to get into everything. That's We'll get into similarities and differences in a second. But basically, you don't use dice anymore. You're drafting tiles from a set visible group of tiles that are there to draft a tile you literally have to play 
you take the tile and put it into your key section, just like burgundy, and then you put a tile on the from your pile on the board. So you're going to have 21 tiles in front of you, um, three piles of seven. And then once a pile of seven runs out, that's a round, and then everyone takes their last turn, and then a new round starts. But there's nothing really different in a new round. Right. Um and then so similarly in your and your on your turn you you I, I mentioned you you could take a tile you could also play a tile that's your other action or you could draw cards right. you have to do one of those three things and then the tiles all do different things but it's nowhere near as complicated as burgundy thank you for uh, breaking down tuscany uh, for us um, so there's a couple big differences that I noticed right away obviously there's no dice in the castle of tuscany um, and you know the setup for Tuscany, uh, you know, you have the, I know in Burgundy, you have these like big player boards with like a, a land mass that you have to fill in. Um, and in Tuscany, you got like kind of three little, uh, kind of hexagonal grids that you kind of piece together, mo- little like modular board, which I thought was pretty neat. Um, and the tiles. So the tiles in Tuscany, they all give you special bonuses, uh, when you play them, which was, pretty powerful to use and to strategize uh while you're while you're playing the game so when you're looking at the tiles there's a dark green so that's your castle pieces um when you play that in tuscany you you take a tile from the any tile from the supply and add it to your to your uh your town right whereas in burgundy yeah you basically get another free action with a wild dice Nice. It's like a dice roll of anything that you get to use right away. Um, and then there's a red tile in Tuscany. Um, so in Tuscany, you kind of have like a player board that gives you, um, and on the side, you have like different uh, tiles that you can play that give you more uh, bonuses, like, you know, drawing cards, extra storage for your for your hex pieces, uh, marble for extra turns, uh, workers, and then... Um, Perk cards. Um, so when you play a red card, you get to take one an extra tile and add it to your board. Right, to extra more bonus. bonuses. Whereas it's really interesting in Burgundy, you don't have any of those bonuses. Right. You just have what you have. And so, I, I guess it's simulated a little bit by pulling out the beige tiles in Burgundy. Beige tiles in Burgundy are, are town tiles. Right. Are building tiles, and they they all have different effects. Oh yeah, they all they all have different different bonuses. Right. Like it's like a cool. combination of red meets uh the bonus tiles meets like something else in there um and then you've got uh kind of like water tiles i would say blue tiles um in tuscany that give you a um kind of a wild hexagon piece which is pretty cool right well in burgundy there's a whole nother rule of trading (laughs) (laughs) it's a whole nother set of tiles so um the the blue or the river lets you collect a warehouse storage of these tiles and then put them into your uh, cash to be uh, sold using a dice turn later on. Nice. So uh, it's pretty complicated. <laughs> uh, then then uh, the agriculture tiles, the, the light green ones, um, they give you points based on the different uh, terrains that you're putting oh, oh, down. Oh, that's the same. <laughs> almost almost the same um so this one you're looking at you want to put different terrains down in your sections when you're playing uh, but in burgundy you're playing animals and you're trying to add as much of the same animal as possible for right. those points and then you've got uh, the dark gray uh, tile which gives you in this game like a piece of marble 
uh, which gives you another action. Right. Well, the dark gray mines are also in uh, Burgundy. They give you an extra silver coin. And uh, this... Which, which I guess I should mention that there's black tiles in the center that you can buy using the coins. Nice. Um, and then the yellow, the yellow coin or yellow uh, tiles in Tuscany, uh, which I noticed this difference right away when we played Burgundy after is that um, the yellow tiles in Tuscany don't give you, don't have random actions or random bonuses on them. Um, all these duels allow you to draw cards. Yeah, so in in uh, Burgundy, they call them the monastery tile. That's yellow. Yeah, they all have different bonuses on them, which af- basically affect the whole game for you specifically, right. or or can give you a whole lot of points at the end of the game. Right. Um, and then there's orange tiles in Tuscany that uh, provide you with workers, and workers help you. Rep- so so when you're trying to place tiles in 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 Tuscany, you have you have a deck of cards, you have a hand of cards, and you have to match. Um, two of the same color to lay that color tile or you know mix and match colors to replace the color you're trying to go for Um, so a worker replaces a card essentially and then there is like a beige beige's green tile in uh tuscany that gives you a perk so there's like special perk cards so when you play that you flip the perk card and get the you know whatever perk there is whether it's extra points or drawing more cards so beige exists in uh burgundy also but in a different sense it's it's uh, building and uh, buildings give you they a lot of them give you bonuses right when you play them mm-hmm. but uh different than the perk cards for sure we should go into the streamline differences right. okay let's, let's do, do that it. let's do it all right okay well let's okay so the first things first setup is way easier right when i uh i actually did the setup of burgundy and it took like half an hour and it only it took half an hour because there are a lot of tiles and you have to lay them all out and then stack them by color so that you remember where they are so that you can place them on the board. Right. So it isn't, it doesn't take long, but it's still, I feel like it still takes, okay, maybe 15 minutes, 20 minutes, but still like that's after I know what I'm doing. Right. Right. If I didn't know what I was doing, it would take a lot longer. Yeah. And I felt like with Tuscany, like the setup was pretty much here you go, put these things here and we're good. Honestly, we, when we did the live stream of Tuscany, it was like, I was, you know, I think I set that one up. No, I don't know. It doesn't matter. It took like no time at all. Right. We literally just like, oh, here we are. We're playing. Yeah. (laughs) Actually kind of blew me away. Um, Which leads to the next topic of the time. Right. So, so we, we played Tuscany and Burgundy with the same three players. So yes, myself, you and Novi, um, and honestly, like with Tuscany, we played normally when we have a game night. Oh, I've also done Burgundy solo too. Right. Normally during a game night, like we'll we'll play. We usually like have one main game we're gonna play, and then maybe we'll play like a party game or something after to kind of wind the night down. But when we played Tuscany, we played it like two two times, right? And that like never happens. Yeah, no. right. Like we now ne- we never play. We never usually play a game twice in one night. But this game was so quick, especially because like you know it's an easy game to learn, but it's actually pretty complicated. And there's a lot of cool strategy in it. And you know, and I think the first game was teaching you and Mike how to play. And like you know, I'm not the rules guy, and I like you know took that burden on for you that one day. Thank you. I um, do appreciate that. And you know, I I obviously didn't teach all the rules properly, but that's you know you play play one game 
to learn your mistakes, right? And then now I can go and play it, no problem. Mm-hmm. And then the second game, we just got right back into it, and it was a lot of fun. Like, it was fun both games just to see, like, your strategy, what Mike's strategy was, and, like, how that differed between the two games. And then when we played our live stream, you just annihilated me, but that's okay. We won't talk about it. <laughs> no, we should talk about it. I'll talk about the. Actually, there's, there's a reason why I annihilated you, and I kind of figure it out just breaking the game eh? during this podcast (laughs) (laughs) um yeah so when we played tuscany it only took about like what an hour uh yeah about an hour and uh 20 minutes maybe yeah because maybe because we cut the stream short too Mm. that 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 day too so when we played two player it was pretty quick it was an hour yeah but when we played it with three players i felt like the first game was like an hour and a half but then every game after was really quick right so i actually really enjoyed that yes Um, it really hit the you know classic it felt like a classic board game whereas burgundy is a very good game but is it took for it took a long time yes i remember like we, we played i don't remember time we started but like when we ended, it was after midnight, and we're like, "Holy crap, it's after midnight!" Yeah, because I think we started like nine thirty, ten o'clock, maybe, <laughs> and it was like almost going on like twelve thirty, one o'clock. It, yeah, which <laughs> so it was his round like you know two and a half to three hours. Yeah, which was crazy. I didn't feel like we were playing it slowly either. No, maybe we could have been playing it faster. I don't know. I just well, you you the the, the games the, there's thinking in the game too, right? So. If you have a, if you have a person in your board game group that thinks, I don't think that was a problem this time. I felt no, like no, because Mike's usually that person. For yeah, us. right. And he, I think because he played Tuscany, he kind of maybe got the this one the gist mm-hmm. of the same with me, um, the gist of Burgundy a little bit easier. But um, I feel like he he had a pretty, really good strategy because he, didn't he win that game? He did. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, oh yeah, he destroyed us. Well. And then you caught up a little bit, and then yeah, I didn't. No, well, I don't know. Well, no, I think it, it, I came in last. <laughs> Did you? Yeah, yeah. I don't remember. But I remember he was like ahead for a while. He just placed. He did a lot of the. He he traded a lot of goods. So the the cool thing about Burgundy is there's a lot of ways to win. Right. And he traded a lot of goods to win. Right. And it worked out for him. It nice. didn't work out for us. <laughs> <laughs> Well, you had a really good strategy for Tuscany, though, that you kind of nailed down and you kind of like, I don't know if the exploit okay, so exploited it a little bit. The points um, in Burgundy, you just get points whenever you get points. And there's five phases. So when you complete a section, you get the most points in Burgundy in the very first phase. Right. So you get 10 points plus whatever area you filled in. Right. In Tuscany, you always get one three or six points depending on what you fill in but there's there's three phases to this game so at the end of each phase there's an inner circle and and an outer circle so the outer circle never resets back to zero and the inner circle always like that's the final score that always takes the points from the outer circle right so if you get points maximum points right away in the first round right you're gonna you're gonna win right Right, which is similar to, and this is what I was saying earlier. I'm like, well, I kind of figured out what they're trying to do. So in Burgundy, if you get your points, you know, the very first phase you get ten points, second phase you get eight, and so on. It goes down by twos, mm-hmm. and they're they're trying to simulate the exact same thing. They're trying to simulate that. Oh, you got points right away in the first round, 
and therefore you're ahead. And that's actually the, the key to both games is that you want to score large areas as quick as possible to get the maximum points that stick with you throughout both games. Right. Um, but I figured out in Tuscany that if I just aim for a farm plus three, <laughs> set up my cards so I have three farms in a, the light green in yep. a row, I'm not only just like, and I, and, I, and I did it, right? Didn't I complete? I completed the farm in the first turn. So I got like six plus all these extra point cards, basically. Yeah, I think with the, the the hardest part of Tuscany is the luck aspect aspect of it too, right? So when when you take a tile from the supply, you're replacing it with your your stacks, and it's just I would like to see what the ratio of colors are. Um, but because uh, I remember that our first game, I was, I always wanted a red, and you were like either they weren't showing up. Or, was, or you were snagging them because yeah. you were right in front of me. And right? then I was like purposely taking them so that they just get discarded, right? Right. So I, know, I, th- I think, you know, playing Tuscany first really allowed me to understand the rules of, tu- of Burgundy easier um, so that you didn't have to like over explain everything. But there was still a lot more rules to, I guess, I guess it wasn't that there wasn't a lot, there wasn't a lot of rules to know. It was just that some of the cards had so many different ways to play them right and that's what made it hard right yeah those yellow those yellow tiles in burgundy were were difficult to navigate we basically had to read the rules for each of them every time (laughs) they came out so everyone would know what's on the board right so you can strategize whether you're taking them so what are your overall thoughts about uh tuscany machu uh well i'm gonna say that i okay well first of all my thoughts are that tuscany is a very amazing game and these are very strong words. It's right up there with uh, Catan. Nice. I think that if you like Catan and you see the appeal of Catan to your board gaming group, then you're probably going to really like Castles of Tuscany. And if you like Castles of Burgundy, you might appreciate that you can take Castles of Tuscany, bring it to your group, and be able to play it with uh, more than just a hardcore group of gamers. You can play it with you know, your parents. Right, it's simple enough that I feel like I could play it with uh, people who are not big board, who are not ruly weighted, heavy weighted board game people. You know, nice. They're not into Twilight Imperium. They're in a Ticket to Ride. If you like Ticket to Ride, you like a tan, you probably would love love it. You know, and then I'm not a big like Euro, you know, quote unquote Euro style <clears throat> game uh, fan, but uh, playing this game. Or Tuscany, like made me fall in love with it a little bit. You know, I, I liked I liked how simple it was to learn. I liked how simple it was to teach, and then I liked how it made me want to play the other games. So, so Matt, now we talked about some streamlined games. Is there any games in your collection that you uh, that are streamlined that you enjoy playing? So okay, so recently a game did come out that um, is a streamlined version of a game. So the game, the original game is Mysterium. Right. And uh, if you don't know what Mysterium is, it's basically Clue, a better version of Clue. You have to guess uh, the murderer and the location and the weapon used to kill the ghost. So it's a co-op game. And the ghost gives picture clues, which uh, represent, you know, colors or images or everything that's on the table. And you have to guess without, with the ghost doesn't talk, but the, but the, uh, other people do 
So you're trying to get the people to guess who the murderer is or who the location is or who the weapon or what weapon was used. Mm -hmm. So um, the problem with this game is that it actually takes a long time to play and the setup is really large. But with the new game, uh, the more streamlined version, they actually take out one of the phases. So they take out the weapon. So now all you're guessing is the person and location. And uh, it's over six rounds. And which we failed on the screen stream earlier. <laughs> <laughs> and um, the setup was like, how long was that setup? How long, how long did it take me to set up the game? Uh, two minutes. Yeah. The regular <laughs> game takes like 30 minutes because you have like a board and you have to make sure everyone gets the right stuff and you have to set it up in the board in phases. This was just so simple. They have these like, they replaced that hidden screen with like a uh, code names-esque board which tells you where everyone has to guess right and then you as the ghost you see everyone sees the board in front of you You just look at the board and then try to give clues from your hand so it plays out the exact same like honestly the games are they're not identical but they're very similar um except that uh mysterium park is just so that i don't know if i said that but mysterium park is the streamlined version of the game Mm -hmm. and it is just so much easier to set up the gameplay is the same and it's fantastic and you're going to have a blast nice. playing it. I do recommend playing it with more than two people. Um, if you do play with two people, make sure that the guesser has two or three tokens to try and guess. Nice. Yeah. But yeah, it was super fun. <clears throat> I think if I had to pick a game from my uh, my collection, I'd probably say Dulasaur Island. Probably a good one. So it takes Dinosaur Island, makes it a two-player game. Um, it's mostly just drafting dice and uh well they're, they're all drafting dice drafting dice but spending the you know just that's all you get right yeah and then some some cards to uh to make your park with dinosaurs and, and then the attractions and stuff but uh you know that was a lot easier of a game to set up and play than dinosaur island was so takes up a lot less room <clears throat> to the rules are quicker yeah still took up a lot of room if you remember our, our oh, stream. Yeah, yeah i do so um, I know you were trying to flip this around on me. <laughs> get yeah. this, get this streamline. How can we? And you, yeah. were, you were trying to throw something Let's, at the table at me here. Everyone's trying to, everyone's trying to streamline games these days. You know, make them simpler <laughs> for everyone to play. We should, we should un-streamline a game. Make it, make a game tougher. Yeah, like more Less complicated. Accessible. Yeah. <laughs> How will we do that? Let's do that right, right now. So, so, let, so if we go over if we go over the 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 the, the uh, definition of of streamlining. So you're taking you're taking something and you're making it more difficult. Yes. Okay. Less profitable. Less profitable and less efficient. <laughs> All right. Yes. So yeah, that's what we're gonna do. Explain so. how this business model is gonna work. Let's go. <laughs> Um, well, let's take a classic game that everyone loves. It is the most streamlined game out there. Poker? No. Well, that's not bad either. How about, uh, chess? All right, chess. Let's do it. Okay. So I thought, I thought it was a little bit topical. Um, you know, everyone's, everyone's watching the Queen's Gambit lately. So, uh, I've never heard of this, but okay. Oh, it's this weird show that's like it's about following this chess uh woman champion who is basically she has psychosis so she's taking drugs and she's playing like chess champions okay it's not based on any real story whatsoever because psychosis is also another 
term for something similar to someone who has schizophrenia. Okay. So it's probably not going to happen. But anyways, they give her drugs. She's on drugs a lot. <laughs> and apparently people love this show. And it's so popular that uh, chess boards are selling out everywhere. <laughs> okay. <laughs> so Okay, let's do it. All right, so we need to Clap make this... to them to make some chess. Yeah, chess we need sales. to make this more complicated. So let's make it slightly... Chess is already complicated. I don't... I... <laughs> I haven't played chess since I was in the chess club in grade school. Oh, were you there with uh, Zach? You and Zach were in that? Yeah, probably. I don't remember. I remember being in it like the years we could. Man, imagine they had a board game club now. That would be cool. That's an idea right there. For schools? Board yeah. game club? I mean, why not? Yeah. I mean, if you have a... I know a lot of people are in, into board games are teachers. So there you go. Throwing it out there. There you go. All right, so how are you going to make uh, <laughs> chess unstreamlined? Let's do it. Okay, well, first of all, chess is easy to learn, hard to master. Right. Right? You were saying it's, you know, it's, it's super hard. I totally agree. So we need to make it even more complicated. <laughs> okay, we need, to make it, we need to make it hard to learn and impossible to master. Okay, and if we could do that, we, okay. got, we got a thing that's not going to make us any money at all. <laughs> all that's right. where we're going. Sounds good. Sounds like the uh, the um, uh, the overcomplicated version of Monopoly they just released. Oh, the extremely uh, Compli- long. Yeah. Oh, it's like the you have like Monopoly and then Monopoly inside <laughs> Monopoly. It's like yeah. Monopoly Inception. <laughs> oh, that's a good idea. Chess Inception. Yes. You okay, like you play cool. chess, but every piece is another game. We've uh, trademarked this already, so don't even think about it. Yeah, Chess Inception. It's ours. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, first thing I, I think for I think the first thing you need to do you need to add more pieces. Okay. So you got like, pawns. You got knights. You got rooks. Bishops, kings, and queens. You want to add some jesters in there? No, I want to add like you know, sweet thing. You know, this is a marketing thing too, okay, right? Okay. Like you know, we were making it complicated. We got to add like some sweet stuff. So how about like dragons? Okay. So if you have a dragon, you need a dragon slayer. Yes. Okay. Yes, and then if you like dragons, there's gotta be something similar to dragons out there. What do you What do you think that would? You want something similar to dragons, like a wyvern? Okay. Like a wyvern, right? I don't know what that is. It's a dragon. Okay. <laughs> so you want dragon, a dragon slayer, another dragon. Yes. Okay. <laughs> you got it. Yeah. Maybe some ogres. Ogres are always cool. All like right. Giant, you know, they have like giant bats. <laughs> um, and then, then we add some, uh, nothing says easy like mathematician. Okay. <laughs> so we're going to have the mathematician piece. So maybe you have to do math before you even use it. That'd be that'd be pretty cool. Oh yeah, you gotta like calculate the uh, the angle of your attack, uh, the area underneath the curve. You need to know. Yeah, you, you need to know integral calculus before yeah. you could actually some, play. Some Pythagorean theorem going on in there. <laughs> Algebra, yeah, you need to know all that. I'm going back to grade six math. That's all I remember. <laughs> and then obviously you're gonna have samurai, ronin, and ninja. All right. Am I missing anything? Uh, what about? <laughs> I see. I see. Matt's got a really funny answer written down here, and uh, but uh, I think it would be a good chess piece. What the uh, uh, the man bear man, pig? Man bear pig. Because <laughs> we don't know if it actually exists or not, right? Well, that's the thing. Maybe you have to like hunt down man bear pig <laughs> before you even use it in the game. Like you have to like take a picture of man bear pig, and then man bear pig is now a piece. All right. <laughs> so so in chess, uh, you're 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 trying to eliminate the other player. By right. removing their pieces from the board, so we've got all these extra pieces now. We got it. We got them. Um, yeah, 
we got to move. So what, what's a, what's a chessboard in eight by eight? I actually have no idea. I think it's eight by eight. Is it eight by eight? 10 by 10, maybe? Ten eight, by... eight by eight, I think. Okay. So now we're adding what? One, two, 19 more, more, uh, <laughs> pieces on there. <laughs> well, maybe the chessboard has got to get bigger. So 16 by 16. Or maybe, maybe nothing says unstreamlined. Like you have to select the pieces based on point value to place on the board before you play. Mm-hmm. Right? Because then you have to make all these decisions before you put the pieces on the board. Okay. Right? So if all the pieces have values. Right. And then you can't exceed maybe a certain value. Okay. I don't know. Like maybe like maybe a wizard's worth 10 points and all your pieces have to add up to 10,000 points. <laughs> you need a big board, dude. You need a big board. A lot of wizards. <laughs> Well, if you have wizards, I mean, you're going to have to have spells. Yes, yes. So we're going to add, we should add just more cards. <laughs> cards and chess. Okay, okay. Why not, right? I mean, you have to like oh, draw the, the card the, every The turn. cards should be like Magic the Gathering too, right? So you got to like really get... <laughs> yeah, 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 uh, yeah. Like, oh, sure you have enough mana. You're good at this, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. have enough mana to play the cards in order to move... <laughs> Your wizard card to uh, oh that to that, slay the dragon that says non streamline right there <laughs> like you have to buy you have to buy like magic sets just to play this game oh yeah because it's a collectible yeah card game right <laughs> it becomes so. now collectible <laughs> yes that's that's definitely unstreamlined yeah and we only make one card that can destroy the dragon. <laughs> That's it. Only it's, one person can ever win. It's an ultra rare. <laughs> like you have to open a million packs yeah. to find it. Wow. <laughs> yeah. Well, and also like if you have magic, you know, magic cards is like a million rules, right? right? So like, you know, every card does something different. Every card has, you, you know what it makes it on streamline when you have a name for like a whole set of rules. Like, like, uh, and, in magic they have like you know stealth or something right and you're like <laughs> water walk you're like what the, what the f is water walk now i have to look up a whole other set of rules <laughs> memorize it just to remember what that means you know i think right. that that is what it should be oh and then maybe like maybe environmental effects that you have to like remember when things happen so like let's say you um oh you have a stack just like magic they call it the stack right so so like yeah Maybe you play a fireball after uh, a dragon plays ice breath on the stacks. And that means like, oh, now your fireballs melt. But you have to look up a rule in a rule book to figure <laughs> that out. But you may not even remember that. You got to roll for initiative <laughs> while you're at it. Yeah, exactly. Some dice, there's some dice rolls in there too. Right. Yes. Perfect. Yes. This sounds like uh, it's going to fly off the shelf. <laughs> <laughs> well, we don't want to fly off the shelf. So if it doesn't, it's a winner. <laughs> awesome. So what about moving, man? Like, how how are we actually gonna move? Oh, you know what? Forget that one at a time garbage, <laughs> right? Let's just let's just do something sweet. You know, everyone's in the simultaneous moves these days. Maybe <laughs> we should add that to this game, right? Right. Pieces, you just you just have to move, and then you know maybe maybe the pieces don't line up properly, and like maybe one piece was gonna be somewhere where you were gonna go. It's kind of like a real time battle like i'm gonna punch here but now you're gone and my fist hits like a wall okay okay 
right? So how am I going to introduce this game to like you know casual players? Say like you know Michaela or like Novi from our group. <laughs> you just you just set it up, set it up, and you just tell them that like, look, man, this and is we're what... here all night. Yeah. <laughs> maybe maybe <days>. tomorrow. <laughs> it's so just not... call your mom. You're not coming home tonight. <laughs> it's not about. It's about it's about the game, man. It's about <laughs> learning complex systems and how to master them. That's what that's what this is all about. So so how do we get checked? How do, how does one checkmate the other? I don't know. <laughs> I didn't think this far ahead, dude. <laughs> you have to check up like seventeen rules before you even get uh, to that answer. Does it so, make sense? How about how about we make it so that the person who got checkmated? Is able to resurrect. Yes. Oh, that's a that's a great idea. Yeah, like the game is like it's just about to end, but then they resurrect, but then get enhanced abilities. So it's like it's like oh, like anime or Dragon Ball Z, right? They're like, right. oh my god, I'm so powered up right now. I just died, but all my cards. Oh, all your cards flip. Okay. All your cards flip, and now you're in oh, phase so, two. Oh, so like, uh, like Moonflight. Yeah. Okay, okay. Yeah, but they get even better. <laughs> All right, so that, uh, Matt oh, and I... and then that will make it even longer. Right. <laughs> so everyone's going everyone's to want to play it. Oh, thank you for that, Matthew. So Matt, Matt and I just created a game where... I, I, like the, I personally like the, the name Chest... Chest, I was a chest, chest inception. <laughs> chest inception is a pretty sweet name. Uh, Matt, c- Matt's got a chest of the man bear pig down here <laughs> in our notes. <laughs> either way, either way, look for it on the shelves, uh, sometime. Yeah, that, that's the game we've been making for uh, <laughs> this is the, yeah, this is the uh, this is the reveal of the big Friday night game game we've been alluding oh. to in our podcast. No, that is definitely not it, but that is hilarious. Uh, I mean, chest of the bad bear pig. I mean, it would be kind of it would be kind of fun to to take. You know, we we always talk about, um, you know, now that we're getting into this YouTube thing, you know, uh, there's there's a cool segment that we we came up with. I'm not gonna disclose it because I think it's good and that we should we should do it. But uh, you know, this should be this should be one of our segments where we we take an easy game and make it complicated. <laughs> I think that'd be fun. <laughs> Yes, I think, I think that'd, that'd be, be great. Fun. Be a great. So like, how do we make coup complicated? Right, like that'd be funny. How do you make checkers complicated? Just chess. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Matt. Thanks for uh, talking to me about streamlining games and kind of what that's all about. And uh, we want to. Uh, we really appreciate uh, Robinsberger for sending us a copy of the Castle of Tuscany. And thanks again to Solon from uh, T- Tabletop Renaissance here in Windsor, Ontario, for giving us a copy of. Gloomhaven Jaws of the Lion to play and feature on our podcast and social medias. If you like what you hear, don't forget to hit uh, subscribe on your favorite streaming platform or give us a review on Apple Podcasts. Don't forget to follow us on our social medias at Friday Night Games underscore official on Instagram at Friday Night GMS on Twitter. We have recently started doing live Twitch streams every Monday night at 8.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. And uh, check it out. We also got a new YouTube channel. Uh, so look us up on YouTube. And uh, you can check us up on our website at FridayNight.Games. If you want uh, us to feature a game or if you have a game that you'd like for us to show on our podcast and socials, shoot us an email at info at Friday Night. 
info at fridaynight.games. And remember, it's Friday night, and let's have some fun. Beep, beep. We're fun.